everybody. Welcome back. Last time the crew got a job to go out to Detroit to steal some stuff off of a train. This week we're going to get on a plane and we're going to get ourselves out there to Detroit and introduce our counterpart to Morgana and see how well that goes with everybody being way out of their element. So, you guys going home for the night? What's your plan of action? Val would probably head back to her basement dwelling and start packing gear and everything that she could possibly need. At this point, I think Boz is... She's had enough of everyone's company for a little while, and she decides to uh, coffin hotel. I don't think she tells anyone where she's going exactly. She just kind of, like, wanders until she finds one, because they're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And, uh... Just kind of, like, tucks in. Check into a drawer. Basically. She hates it, but, you know, it's easy and it's cheap. True. Sure beats driving all the way back when you're just going to come back, and you know, like, the next day or something. Right. Is everybody else just going to bed? Mary Sue, Richard? No, Mary Sue will head to the poorhouse. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to head back to his house. To let they can cap on, just tend to mama, because I'm going to be gone for a while. And uh, anything I can do to ameliorate... The nightmare of her on my ass is going to be worth worth the time. I think I know what that needs, then. So she's probably sitting somewhere watching the Tridio set as you come in. If you want to bother her right now, or you can bother her later. You know, cigarette, blindfold, and walk into it. Uh, hey, Mama, uh, can, can you pause that? Richard, it's my programs. I know, but you can pause it, because I put a DVR. I specifically installed a DVR. You can pause the show. It's, I know it's live, but you can pause it. You hit the button. She'll pick up the whatever works for a remote for people who are too old to operate AR because they're old and fidget with it for a second. What is it's it, like Richard? Big oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, let's let you know, uh, next day or two, I'm going to be heading out. I got a job I got to take care of, like some contract work, you know, pay is good, but I got to be out of touch for a couple of days. So she's going to like cross her hands in her lap and give you a look like, Richard, when's the last time you went to work? Last time I went to work, I'm always working. I'm always thinking. I'm thinking of cool new uh, drones, security apparatus, apparati. I don't know what the plural is, but I'm thinking of you know new types of systems. I'm always thinking stuff. Okay, I'm always working. My brain's always going. Is that what you're doing out there in that shed? Exactly. I'm glad somebody understands. I'm out there thinking, trying to pay these bills and keep this TV going that you that you like. Got the DVR system. It's cool. Is it not cool? It's all right, Richard. For when your favorite son comes and bothers you in the middle of your program so you don't miss anything. Exactly. So I'm going to look, pack some things up. You know, I'll be here tonight, tomorrow, next day, something like that. I got to head out. I got to take care of business. I'm a man. I take care of business. This isn't about that woman you had here the other day, is it, Richard? Oh, come on. I'm not even good at that. I'm insulted by that, mama. Come on. She too young for you, Richard. Well, I wouldn't say all that now. Look, hey, hey. I'm a good looking guy. Come on, look at this face. It's a face only a mother could love, Richard. Ah, ha, ha, ha. I love you too, Mom. I'm going to go start getting back and you can go back to your programs. Get me some tea. All right, Mom. Get her some tea and she goes back to her programs, blissfully unaware for the moment of what her son is truly up to. So with that out of the way, we'll come back to Mary Sue, who's going back to the poorhouse, you said? Yes. And night's still young. Sure. 
you know, there's some of the, what you're coming to realize is a few of the regulars that are hanging out here, including Valentine and his two boys hanging out in the corner. But yes, you will walk back to Valentine. Sure. He'll be in the middle of doing some business with some air quotes. After a couple of minutes, he'll see you with, and he'll be like, oh, hey, uh, didn't see you come in. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I do need to talk to you. I need a, a little favor. If we could talk in private, that would be He'll raise an eyebrow. Is this a, is this a personal private or a business private? Um, it's a little bit of both. He'll look to his boys and kind of give him a bit of a, uh, eh? and then be like, all right, all right, you know, and they'll get up and they'll head out of there. And he'll take you to one of the more back private rooms that they typically use for just storage. Inside, you'll find a bunch of, like, beer cases on the wall here, some of the other normal just stock stuff hanging around. And he'll shut the door, and you'll notice that you can't really hear any of the supposed ruckus from outside. All right, lean up against the wall. He kind of comes in a little bit, you know, hug, kiss, smoochy stuff. You have to properly greet your boyfriend. Absolutely. Oh, you said the word. <laughs> Ooh. I wasn't sure if it was, like, me feed official yet. Well, it's not me feed official, but I think everybody knows. So, uh, what can I do for you? You said this was sort of business, sort of personal? So, first, the business. Um, mm-hmm. I have to go out of town in a couple days, and I'll be gone for a few days. Sure. Um... And I was hoping you could give me the name of somebody with the organization that's in Detroit. He'll raise an eyebrow. That's a, that's a mighty curious request. Well, I'm going to Detroit, and, you know, in case I needed something or, or there was maybe a, a business opportunity to be had, I just wanted somebody to reach out to. You wouldn't want me to not have any kind of, you know... Net while I'm in Detroit, right? In case something were to happen to me, you do care if something happens to me. He he will look harmed, but it's like ah, oh, oh, I do care. But I'm gonna need some more information about where about in Detroit you're heading, and I'll see what I can do. I can make no promises because, well, Detroit's a long way away, and you know. No, oh, but baby, I'm pretty sure you know people that know people. Like, well, it'll give you a smile. I do know people that know people. And I'm going to Detroit proper. You're telling me the ancients aren't big enough to have a presence in Detroit? Oh, we're big enough. Then it shouldn't be a problem to get me the name of someone. I don't need the head guy. Just a guy. He's going to kind of scratch his head a minute. and like, I'm going to have to ask a, a bit of an uncomfortable question here. Go ahead. Just spit it out. All right. Are you... Are you trying to be a shadow runner? Smarry still give him a very knowing smile and say, I I think we both know what we are. I, I don't think we need really need to like spell it out, so can we just not talk about that and move on? So that's a yes then. Take it however you wish. And he'll kinda of back down a little bit, saying that you're like being evasive about it. I don't ask you about your business and your dealings, do I? That's very smart of you not to. I just need to know what kind of looking out I need to do for my favorite girl. If I come to possess some items, I need a place to sell them off to. So, I would like to go to my brothers and sisters. 
he'll serious up for a moment. like, well, it's just not quite yet, but doesn't say anything. He just has that, like, uh, just a moment. What? That is... What? Initiations and technicalities as to whether or not who and what actually is part of the ancients. It's Oh my gosh, it's fine. Complicated. Whatever. If I come across some stuff, I need to sell them, and I figure, why not you gangers? There. Is that better? We are a brotherhood of like-minded elves. Except I can't call you my brothers and sisters. Apparently, that's a problem. When you come back, if you want to talk about actual initiation proper, we'll see how that goes. How's that? I'll think about it and decide if I even want to do it now. And he'll be like, well, there are certain fringe benefits, and then he'll move in to be gross. He moves in to be gross? I was going to say that brings me to my personal business. I'm leaving in a couple days. So I thought you would be coming over tonight. How about how about we just go right now? Wonderful. Grabs his hand, leads him out. Fade to black. Pure fan fiction. <laughs> so gross. Oh, you're gross. All right, everybody who needs so five gross. to go vomit, please Why go vomit. Is it gross. What's gross I about I Rome? I don't understand the grossness of it. So five hits on your find out information about Detroit. He will get back to you in a in a couple of days. Well, I guess not a couple of days, in a couple of hours. About a similar leveled person in the organization in there and uh, get you a number for him. Okay. And you're going to get me that later or you're going to type it in? You know, this will take a couple of hours tomorrow sometime. So is there anything you guys want to do before liftoff? The only thing that Val would do aside from getting computer gear together is try to schedule an extra blood pickup. Yeah, that's, that's no problem. Sven will, uh, well, he'll drop it off. He won't be super enthusiastic about it, but he'll do it. Poor Sven. He's such a nice kid. Good looking, too. <laughs> he is a nice kid, and I give him the appropriate data chip when we do the next pickup. Yep. Okay, and did Morgana give us a private jet, or is this commercial? <laughs> she give you a location for the flight out. It's GPS coordinates that when you do a quick matrix look to see where they are, it's kind of an abandoned strip out in the barrens. You get the feeling it's not going to be a big commercial jet. It's going to be something shady and probably illegal. What kind of things did you want matrix searched? I would like to know the train route. That's pretty easy to do. There are not a whole lot of Ares-owned train tracks that are still either in operation or go from Detroit to Seattle that are hard to pick out. And then I assume you have some related questions about the route. Yes. I need to know where, uh, as it comes out of Detroit proper, at what point, how many miles out for its unpopulated area. Also, when it's an unpopulated area, how many times does that track cross a road or an access road, preferably? Not like a major highway or major road. Oh, wow. I could add something to this. With trains, there's this thing that they have called switches, where if a train mm-hmm. needs to pass another train going on the same track in the other direction, they will pull off and stop on a section of track, wait for it to pass, and then continue. Yes. It'd be super useful to catch a train at that point. It might be on higher alert, like when the train is actually stopped. So, I would want to know what switches as well. I would like that information. And then I would also like Val to see if she can get the train manifest to figure out what else is on the train, container-wise, good-wise, whatever. That last part is going to be a hacking thing, so that's that. 
I have Google Maps to Detroit to Seattle by train. It's apparently two days and seven hours. There's a lot of stuff on there about stops and the routes and that kind of thing. Why don't you give me a matrix search, Valerie? We'll use that to kind of gamify some of the things. So with three successes on your matrix search, you're going to find that most of the area, especially around Detroit, is heavily populated and developed. There are some parts where it kind of skirts through some land territories that are more rural and forested, but then you're dealing with basically being in a different country. There are some switching points. But without a full-on train schedule, you're not going to be able to really kind of plan around that at the moment because you don't even have like, you know, this is leaving in three days. You don't know what time on those three days. You don't know some of those specifics. You know how long the trip would take, but you don't know if they're going to try and slow roll it to arrive at nighttime or something along those lines. So they may, for 80% of the ride, drive at 100% speed. And then cut it down to like 80% for the last bit. So there's some fine-tuning details that kind of throw a little bit of that off. But for the most part, you have a good idea of the route, the timing of the route, and that kind of stuff. That was all really, really vague, and I apologize for that. But I know Jack and or shit about trains. Is there something that you guys want to establish in the narrative about what the information you have found? Okay, so I think I have an idea of, of what you're asking. So I would like to establish that on this route, while still in what is now known as the state of Michigan, there is a spot that meets that criteria near an access road in an unpopulated area. It may be a couple hundred miles outside of Detroit, but it is there. I would be okay with that. It's kind of like on the border of... Where Michigan and Indiana meet along that route is where we'll find that spot meet before we fly out and go over different plans and ideas or we talk on the plane? It's up to you guys. I'd say we do it on the plane. Fun spot to do like a group conversation. Yeah. A montage. Alright, so fast forward two days, day and a half as it is. So is this like a private airstrip or what are we doing? This is an open area of flat land in the Barrens. Ah. Well, I guess this is an important question. Richard, did you set the van on auto drive to Detroit? Yes, if there's no time for it to work, you know, it's like a, I actually Google it, 35 hour drive. If I told the van to just go, I don't know if there's any other details I should be aware of. I don't know if cops regularly stop unmanned vans. If everything being equal and there's no obvious red flag, I would tell Elvano to, uh, Elgoo. Okay. So that'll probably arrive a couple hours after you guys land. And you can load up most of your heavier gear in there. Do we all get, like, delivered here by someone? How are we getting Yeah, I was going to say, how how do we get there? Because I was presuming I was calling uh, RC and getting a ride. I have a car. I see He's going to leave people. it. You want to leave it in the Barrens? I guess you could, like, tell it to go home. You tell it know. to go home, or I can arrange for someone from the Ancients to come and pick it up. You could also have Scrapper drop you off. Valentine's in the car with you, gives you a nice hug goodbye, and then drives home for you. Is that what you want to do? Aww. Yes, that's what Mary said. Yeah. Bring her. Aww, and you guys can say hi to my boyfriend. The three of you that are not Mary Sue, how are you guys getting there if Richard is putting the van on auto drive? Scrapper, 100%. Yeah, I was going to lean on my, my buddy. So Scrapper drops you guys off, and he kind of hangs out there for a moment. Everybody kind of waiting on Mary Sue. Do you pull up in your car, or do you pull up in something else? My car. So you guys will see Mary Sue's familiar Mercury Comet pull up. And is she in the driver's seat, or did you make him drive? In the driver's seat. Okay. It's her car. Okay. 
In addition to Mary Sue getting out, you will see another elf young man in that obnoxious always 23 that elves tend to be for a while. He's got spiky hair, a bunch of extra piercings, and you guys will notice that he is wearing what Richard very easily recognizes as ancient gang colors. Good catch. Mary Sue starts to unload her couple bags that she has. With a smile on the face, she and this young man elf will walk up to the group. Boss is, like, still by the car with Scrapper. I think they're both kind of, like, leaning against, like, the driver's side and passenger side door, and kind of, like, the plane is sitting there getting ready, and everyone's sort of getting their gear together. Boss looks up at Scrapper and says, I know this is kind of a cliche question, but you got any advice? He'll look at the car, at the plane, and then at Mary Sue and this guy. About what? Well, you know... We're going off to another city to pull a job. You know, it's, this isn't kid gloves time. Got any advice? You lived long enough to be here today. I'd like to do the same. All right. So he looks around at the proverbial room here and kind of gets a gauge of it and looks down. And he goes, watch your back. Shoot straight. Conserve ammo and never, ever cut a deal with a dragon. Are we going to cut a deal with a dragon? How many of those have you cut? Did they go bad? So he'll look over to Richard and be like, I've never cut a deal with a dragon that I know of. And that is where they get you. That seemed like laden with portent, but maybe a bit overwrought. Whatever. Fine. Sure. No dragons. Dragons are out. We don't cut deals with dragons. Easily done, right? She pats his shoulder and uh, grabs his like heavy-looking duffel bag off of the ground in front of her and starts towards the other. So Buzz is wearing a nice new coat. And a nice new suit. Well, it's a cheap suit, but it's new. It's, like, fashionable. It's not, like, something she got out of a Goodwill from 30, 70 years ago. Oh, She cleans um, up. It's not as long. It's not like she had her duster. It was very cowboy. But this, this one, is, it's a long coat, and it's, like, stiff. Like, you can kind of tell that it's an armored coat. It's not as stylish. She looks a little unhappy about it, but it'll do. Is anybody else wearing anything fancy and new? Val's wearing a full-size sweatshirt. <laughs> only thing big enough to make sure everything is covered on her. She went out to Big and Troll? Big and Troll or whatever it is now. And she bought black troll-sized sweatshirt because she knows the hood's going to be big enough to make sure her skin isn't exposed and the sleeves are going to be long enough that she can pull her hands up into it. Yeah, she's got on like a pair of ripped jeans and this just giant-ass hoodie. So this is kind of the, the situation, the three of you guys, plus a scrapper, and two seemingly Asian gentlemen are uh, hanging out as uh, Mary Sue and this other elf kind of walks up to the group. Mary Sue will walk up, uh, look at everybody, and kind of smile and, and nod to Boss, clearly impressed with her new wardrobe purchase. As she pans around and sees Val, disappointment, and shakes her head. Hello? And so, is this the plane that we're taking? And this must be the boy toy. Boz holds out a hand to Valentine. And if he goes to reach for Boz's hand, Mary Sue grabs his arm and says, No, this is my boyfriend. This is Valentine. I would appreciate it if you wouldn't refer to him as a boy toy. The entire time, the grin on Boz's face is just growing bigger and bigger until you can see all of her teeth. And it is delightful. Sure. Boyfriend. My apologies. I didn't mean to be rude. 
he heartily shakes your hand and gives you a little wink. Nice, nice to meet you guys. She winks back. So quickly, Mary Sue just goes, "Yeah, this is Boz and Val, and that's our scene." Since I'm high life, should I describe how I look? Please do. How does high lifestyle Richard look? Let's open a solid white suit. The white jacket has chrome flames on each shoulder, sewed into it. White cowboy hat with a leather and like chrome studded band around the crown of it. White cowboy boots and a uh, CAS belt buckle, also I was, chrome. I was going to ask you to describe the belt buckle, so thank you for getting there for me. Yeah, I wouldn't leave you hanging, man. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine will go around, he'll shake hands, he'll look at Scrapper, Scrapper will look at him, and there'll be a little bit of a tense moment before Scrapper unfolds his arms and gives him the two-finger troll shake. He'll nod his head towards the plane. I think you all have a plane to catch. Val will grab her stuff and just head for the plane, head down. But seems to be in good spirits as she's climbing into this thing. The last time she was in a plane, she was flying somewhere very far away, and it's bringing back some memories. Any of you guys know anything about planes? Uh, yeah, how to fly one. Only if it's one that Buzz has flown in before. This is a smaller plane. There's a pilot, co-pilot seat. There's no fancy door between it and the rest of the plane. There's what looks like eight seats in the back, but four of them have been folded down so that you guys can stow some of your stuff. There's not a whole lot of storage space here, so it's a good thing you guys have the auto-driving van with some of the larger things like Ricky and Bobby. And uh, the guys who are in here, they look Chinese. Does anybody have Chinese? I do. Awesome. They will start speaking in a little bit of broken English about, you'll be there in a couple of hours, really basic stuff, like five-hour time. I don't know how long it actually takes to fly there. In one plot uh, increment. And they say this to us as we're boarding? Yeah, they're getting you kind of strapped in. They tie down your things. No, Mary Sue's not on the plane. Oh, okay. She has to say her goodbye properly. Oh, okay. After everybody else leaves. She kisses them goodbye and, and you know, takes her bags. Get on the plane. I just wanted to be <laughs> proper about it. Jeez. That's fine. Once I hear these Chinese pilots trying to speak broken English... I would probably speak Chinese to them. So. That'll work. Yeah, they could say that information, and then I can just relay it to everyone. Five-hour flight. You guys will notice that there are several parachutes in the back. It looks like a grand total of six. And that's where you guys start to take off, if you don't have any questions. All right. I'm guessing it's pretty pretty damn loud in this plane during flight. Is it the Cessna? Cause... Yeah, no, that's the plane. All right. Buzz looks very familiar with this particular microplane, at least the interior of the passenger side. She immediately knows where to put her stuff and how to, like, secure it so it doesn't get bounced around when it's uh, in turbulence. It's not the kind of plane that has, like, a separate storage component, like, underneath the, the passenger side. Like, it's, like, things are netted in and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So she gets that and makes sure everybody else has their gear kind of stowed safely. And then uh, she straps herself in. And then I think the seats are probably, like... Interior facing, like they're probably along the outside, so like everyone's kind of looking at each other kind of thing. Yep. Flight crews usually have headphones to do noise cancellation so they can talk to each other. We might also have that sort of thing. I don't know if they would. Trouble. They would be able to supply you guys helmets so that you could uh, talk to the pilots and that kind of stuff and talk to each other. Because otherwise, you guys have a hard time planning this in the plane if you can't. We have to yell at each other. Basically. You get five minutes of screaming at the top of your lungs to try to get your plane across, and then you're done. <laughs> Pretty much. 
they would at least supply helmets to deal with the noise cancellation from the, like, specifically just so that you don't go deaf in a plane flight this long. So with that, you guys whoosh off into the sky, leaving Scrapper and Valentine standing there on the uh, impromptu tarmac and are off That's in the plane. That's going to be a fun conversation. So I think kind of they... like to think that they know each other already. <laughs> Who knows? And we just don't realize it. You guys are up in the, up in the plane, flying. Buzz initially looks pretty relaxed. I think she even like shuts her eyes and just like folds her hands by her head and like leans back a little bit. Sort of like feels the vibrations of the plane for a while. Until someone says something. So, I've been thinking about how we can not only do the job, but how we can make even more money and get paid again. I like that idea. I'm all ears. Looking at boss and bow. I'm assuming you want to, like, actually steal these guns, right? I don't want to steal them. I want to stop the car and allow somebody else to steal them, and they give us money for that privilege. That, Boz looks pretty skeptical. She opens her eyes and kind of like squints at Mary Sue a little bit and she says, wait, you want someone to come in while we're on the job and do something? Okay, so let me start from the beginning and about this is really going to rely on you to set us up for this. So if there's any part I'm not understanding about what it is you do, could you let me know? Hmm. All right, sweetie. Uh, thanks. All right, so. The train is going to pull out of Detroit. We've already looked at the route it's going to take, and we found a pretty good spot to hit it. Now, what I'm thinking is before it even leaves the station, let's try to find out what else is on that train, material-wise, contents, goods, things that maybe we can sell, and then get the train manifest and rearrange the cars, the loadout, and put the cars we want at the back end, and then Valve just... Have those cars uncouple right before they get to the spot we want it to, and then it slowly rolls to a stop. How likely is it that uh, the, the train driver isn't going to recognize the fact that a car is decoupled? Well, I would assume Val could do something to mask it so the train thinks it still has all its cars. Buzz looks at to Val. assume a lot, and there's like a like I said, Val. of skept- skepticism on Val's face right now, just like head tilt, mouth agape, eyes squinted. So you can't do any of that. Is that what you're saying? You're an IT, but you can't do any of that. This is all just things that can't be done. Okay, first off, wow, cut the attitude. Second off, you're talking about rearranging cars. I don't have the ability to dictate how the cars are hooked up to the train. Wait, no wait, way. wait. There's a train. There's... I'm sure there's a manifest or something. You're talking moving train cars while it's no. in the train station? I think what she's saying is they're going to have to put the cars together into some order at some point. If you go in ahead of time, before they're even setting up the, the order of the cars, and change what order they're supposed to be set up in, someone else will do the work for you. The train yard will put the thing at the end anyway, if that's what they think they're supposed to do. We're going to be there three days prior to the train leaving, so I assumed, possibly incorrectly, that we could do this before the train even left the station. All you'd have to do is make a change to a document. (laughs) All you would have to do is make a change to a document. I saw you do it. Theoretically, yes. But in order to make that change to the document, I have to hack into their host. 
it's not just going to be I waltz in there like I own the place like I did back at Paradynamics. I'm going to have to deal with their countermeasures, which could leave me brain dead for all I know. So, no, it's not just as easy as I waltz in there, tell them how they're supposed to line up the train for our benefit, and just, it, it, it's 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 not just point and click. Well, no, I assume it was a little more involved than that, but I had faith that you could probably do it, and we don't know if it's on a main host. Is the train have its own host, possibly? I don't know anything about train systems. I don't. Exactly. So when we land, you could poke around and see if we can do it. I'm just letting you know my idea. Val just rubs a temple and then rubs the bridge of her nose and just, I can look into it, but I'm telling you right now, you're going to want a plan B. Val smiles a little. She says, that's all right. There's always a plan B. Don't worry about it. Look, all we need you to do is look into this and see if it makes sense and if it's going to work. If it doesn't, you can tell us. I like it in principle. We know exactly where the train car is going to be on the train. It's as far away from the the driver as possible. Uh, It makes it a little safer. Whatever the rest of your plan is, Mary Sue, because it sounds like there's other parts of this. Well, once it stops and we have all the cars, and it doesn't have to be more than one car. It can just be the one car we want. That's fine. I've arranged to have a contact that will buy the items that we get from that we stop on the train, thereby getting paid again. And who is the buyer? Well, Valentine has contacts in Detroit, and he gave me the name of someone. So when we get there, I thought I'd go talk to them and tell them that we may have some items for them and see if they're interested in buying. So you want to have the manifest altered to reflect Find that was on the train. Find people who wanted to buy those things and arrange them back to front. Yes. I'm a little reluctant to bring anyone else in on this job, at least while Not we're still the in job. the process. Once we got the train stopped and secured, then they come. Tell them how, what we did or how we did it. They just meet us. They're not going to ask any questions. Well, they need to be responsible for the loading and the unloading. I don't want to be out there hanging with Absolutely. our dicks in the wind. No, no, no. Holding on they- to a stolen train car. I will make sure they understand that they need to bring the equipment to get this done. Or, heck, they just give us the money and we walk away and it's all on them. We don't have to stay there till it's done unloading, right? Mary Sue, just, you know, I want you to be straight with me. How much clout do you think you're going to have with these people? In what terms? What do they owe you? Are they... They don't owe me anyone. But since I have a contact in Seattle that's referred me to them, I think I have a little... A little sway. Okay, and I hope you're right, but my concern would be that these people don't owe us anything. What's to stop them from just showing up and taking the guns? Well, I would get paid first. Then they can just show up and take the guns. Yeah, but they can show up and just kill us, though. Yeah, I don't know if that's... I really doubt that this contact, who is part of the Ancients, is going to gun me down. Yeah, okay, well, hell, you know, if we give them a call, you can work it out. At the very least, it's a way to steal what we have to steal and get rid of, right? It's yes. definitely a lot quieter than blowing up the train car or something along those lines. Which I would have been totally fine with. But I'm cool with that. That's, hey, that's fine. We'll steal, it'll, it'll slide off the back. Easy peasy. I, I like it. You do? I think it's oh, a yeah. good plan. I'm still a little sketchy on these, these ancient friends of yours, but 
And yes, Val, I understand that if it doesn't work out on the computer part, we have a plan. I love a good plan B, but keep in mind, Boz, you know, it's it's hypocritical. But there's all about how sketchy a bunch of gangers are when we're in the midst of planning on robbing a train. Yeah, and I trust you guys. I don't trust these people. Uh, What's complicated about that? I guess that's fair. But uh, hell, I'm excited. We're going to rob a train. Didn't you always want to rob a train? Be a hell of a good time. Boss gives Arcy a, a bit of a look and she says, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of into it. I think it sounds fun. In fact, just unhooking this car at the back of the train strikes me as a little like anticlimactic. But honestly, if we can get away with that easily, I'm, I'm all for it. Plan B though, you should probably look into that. Plan B is I have a whole bunch of drones come out with machine guns blaring and shooting everybody who ever wants to come out there and, and mess with us. I don't think that's well, a great idea. My plan B was maybe getting a, a VTOL and just airlifting the crate out. And again, Buzz, selling it. Buzz starts laughing a little. A VTOL? Where are we going to get a VTOL? Well, Morgana said she'd have a contact for us, and surely they can just get us one to use for a little while. Can we afford a VTOL even for a little while? I think we don't pay for expensive. it. She said she'd pay for it as long as we didn't keep it. And I don't plan on keeping Looks at RC. Well, that's pretty cool. She wants to donate a VTOL to the cause. She said reasonable requests, and I, I guess we can ask her, and, and that would be nice. But I would be prepared for a no. All right. Well, that's why it's plan B. All right. Now let's move on to plan C. <laughs> Buzz looks at our senses. What do you think you could do with those drones? We don't need to move a lot of weight. Could any of your drones move us? We don't need, like, a VTOL would be nice. It'd be a lot easier to control, but maybe your drones would work. I mean, the drones can't pull the crate, I don't think. Can they lift a person? Uh, not, not so much. What about two of your drones? Could two of them lift a person? I'm going to say, if you had two riggers working in tandem to do it, you could probably lift one person. Let's just call it a no. <laughs> I don't think the base pilot program on a rotodrone is going to be enough to like balance it out. But if you got two riggers together, I'd be interested in letting you try it. Yeah, I'm good. I don't think that's a good idea. What's the speed of the, the train? I mean, if it's at a slow point, can't we just pull up to it? That's sort of what I was thinking. If A quick Googling shows that generally the maximum passenger track speed for most of the country is 80 miles per hour. On some stretches, some trains can reach 150, and a few test trains have reached 170 miles per hour. If they travel around 80 at normal, like you could obviously get a car up to 80 miles an hour. Oh, that's true. We need a pretty good stretch in order to like get close enough to the train. That'd be tricky, but interesting. And then the dramatic leap from the car onto the train. I'm on it. (laughs) Okay, so how about we have? I mean, just want to get on like the hood of the van. As I drive and hop on the back of the train and unhook it from the train in front of it? We have tickets to be on the train. Oh, uh, yeah. You don't have to do any thrill and heroics or anything like that. Uh, so it'd be so baller, though, but I guess so. We have tickets. By all means, RC, if you want to jump from car to train, I'm not going to stop you, but I'll take the ticket right. Keep in mind, if we want to steal what's in there, we have to find someone to get away with it. I mean, do we want me to have, like, a trailer? <laughs> it might be tricky to get the gear we need on in order to get stuff off. But it might make sense to put some people on the train, if, you know, in order to sort of manage the situation. This is very much turning into Firefly, but that's okay. 
I'm just tallying the assets that we have. Yeah, and yeah. One of those was the fact that we have tickets to be on said train. Okay. Yeah, I think it would make some sense, like, especially, like, Mary Sue could probably get on there and sort of help from the inside. Maybe along with Val. I don't know. And because Val, Val might be able to, like, find a quiet spot to, like, get access to the train's security systems or whatever. The local host or whatever. What kind of tickets are they? Are they general business class? Are they sleeper car? We'll call it general business. So you have a car that you can sleep on. Associated with it, you have so many meals you could get from the meal car and kind of just general admittance to the, the other things. A lot of the stuff in the, the future time might also be like on board, we'll say magical security because of the way that warding and spirits and that kind of stuff works. So there's going to be some security. There's going to be some crew. There's going to be, I imagine they'll pick a couple of passengers that are maybe relative or related to the, um, the stuff that's going on. It could also be that this is a mostly passenger train and that they have arranged to put this stuff on here to avoid some of the freight inspections, which seems to make more sense to me. Does Ares own the train, like the entire train? Yes. Okay. Well, then they can do whatever they want with it. If they want it's to true. Tra- like some cargo at the end, then who's going to stop them? It's not like there's regulations, <laughs> you know? So it's fine. They might just, as like a policy, do mixed trains. I mean, it's it's feasible. I guess I'm kind of guessing, but the reason they probably don't do that is because it really makes weight variations a problem when they're actually trying to like slow the train down and speed it up and stuff. That makes sense. Whereas with passenger trains, it's fairly consistent. But that might not be an issue. No, that makes sense to me. If you can space out the weight of all of the different freight, you can be aware of speeds for turns and that kind of shit and how long it takes you to speed up, slow down, etc. Yeah. There's probably other reasons. So is there anything else that uh, you guys wanted to talk about in flight? Well, if we can get a VTOL. So, on the VTOL. Now, the Ancients are a very large organization, and they're an organization that deals with um, arms dealing. Considering their size and, and what they do, I mean, it could, maybe, they might have access to one that we could borrow. Or Morgana's contact can find us one. I guess we can exhaust our options, but I don't think that the ancients are going to give us VTOL for for free, or even at all. Well, I mean, it would be, you know... Do we even know anyone who can fly a VTOL? Can't RC? Buzz looks at RC. I will be very impressed if you know how to fly a VTOL. I can pilot a VTOL. Buzz Buzz laughs, and she says, RC, you never cease to amaze me. Yeah, I hear that a lot. For such a down-home country boy, you certainly have a lot of skills. Hey, we got all kinds of skills, but you have to have survive out there, you know, hunting, fishing, flying VTOLs, what you gotta do? Buzz grins and she, she says, one of these days you and I have to go hunting together. Yeah, yeehaw, I'll just have actual weapons and you have, you know, something slightly better than rocks, but that's fine. I don't think so. You're gonna have to come down to my level a little bit, see what you can do with a real pistol or real rifle. So, if you guys have nothing else to discuss on the plane ride, we'll move on to you guys landing. Which I have a feeling is going to be bad for a lot of us. Buzz, like, she, she's happy to be on a plane. She's happy to be leaving Seattle. But it, as soon as she, like, looks out one of the windows and sees the cityscape of Detroit, it kind of sinks in. Like, she's coming home. And her face kind of, like, drops. And she just 
starts to go somewhere else. She's staring out the window. Val's actually going to kind of like nudge Boz with her foot a little bit, kind of like bump her leg or something, like give her the head tilt that's like, you okay? Boz kind of like looks back and blinks a few times and seems to come out of it and she gives Val like a, like sort of like a half-hearted grin and gives her a thumbs up. But she's kind of clearly like putting on a mask there. Val will sort of nod and then go back to whatever she was doing on her cyber deck. Aww. So, as you guys start to see the cityscape of Detroit, you hear the pilots buzz into your comms or into your helmets, depending upon what you're using to talk. So just a couple of minutes until we are on location, if you want to uh, start getting ready. And then you can feel the plane actually, like, drop down pretty low. Not, like, fall out of the sky, but, like, come down from cruising altitude, I guess, is the, the plane terminology. The co-pilot will get up from his seat, and he will come back, and he will make motions and say some stuff in Chinese for you guys to unhook your seat belts. And he's going to go in the back, and he's going to take down some of the parachutes and start handing them out to people. Oh, I knew this was coming. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I saw it coming too. Your characters are confused by this? Boz starts shaking her head and, like, pointing at the ground, like... No, we're landing. Like, she's not saying it because she, she doesn't speak Chinese, but she's, like, pointing at the land saying, land, land. No, boss, I think they expect us to jump. Yeah, well, if they were expecting us to jump, they could have told us that at the start of the flight, right? He's nodding his head when he hears Mary Sue say jump. So I'll, in Chinese, start explaining land. He shakes his head no. Why not? He explains that they are illegally crossing the border into Detroit, and it is an Aries-controlled area. So if they slow down to land and then lift off again and take time, there's a much higher chance of them getting caught. They made an arrangement with your boss that they would just let you jump out. <laughs> well, of course, As- she must be a dragon. We just get screwed. So from how I... I know nothing about how jumping out planes. It's a shame one of you guys doesn't have a phobia of heights. It's nighttime, uh, right? Yep. Please, yeah. for the love it of is, God, it tell is. me it's nighttime. It is. It is. This is how you get people killed. Like, <laughs> no, none of us have ever had any training jumping out of a plane with parachutes. You bring this up to him? And we're going to, like, jump out of a plane in the middle of the night. How are we going to even stay together? <laughs> we're all going to get separated. And, you know, Mayor Soul kind of in Chinese ask him, you know, how high, and we don't know how to do this, and what do we do? In Chinese, he will explain that it's very easy. You don't have to do anything, and he'll be, like, pointing to some parts on the parachute. It's like, this is a sensor. It's automated. As soon as you get to the right area, it'll pop open, and then you just got to let it do its thing. Ask him how we're going to get our gear to the ground. So, boss, it's apparently the parachutes do all the work. And, alright, I will ask about gear, because I brought stuff too. So, what about all of our stuff? Is it got a parachute too? No, uh, you gotta carry it. it. Yeah, hold on. Boss, we just carry our stuff with us and jump out the plane. This is this- bull drag. I can't believe this. I'm having a word with Morgana when we get back. Oh, I can't wait to see that conversation. Uh, this is a bunch of crap. I don't want to jump out of a plane. I have all this badass suit. You could always take it off and throw it in a bag. I'm not taking off the suit. I'm going to be buried in the suit. I'm going to put my foot in the ass of Morgana, and she will be buried with me. It'll be a big-ass casket. At this point, Val is strapping everything down and just looking at everybody like, 
All right, let's do this. Boz looks pissed, but she's like pulling this thing on. She's muttering under her breath. I'm surprised. I would have thought Boss would have done this before, been okay with it being the outdoorsy one. Jumped out of a plane? Oh, they yeah. land that shit. Okay, they, all right. They, they no, got, like, she's bigger. doing it. She's not happy, but she'll she'll do it. This is the only way to do it. We gotta do it. So You guys will find that Val is actually a little bit giddy. You done this before? I mean, this is this is how the the Browns improving ground start. I mean, I've always wanted to to jump out of a plane in real life. And, this isn't a you know, game, though. Being a paraplegic, I mean, that was never going to happen. But well, yeah. I'm like, like, let's whoa, do this, guys. Whoa, whoa. Come on, you can jump out of a plane as a paraplegic. And for the record, you might still end up a paraplegic after tonight. It'll be fine, guys. It's going to be great. You'll see. Boss has her stuff. She's duffel bag, and she's kind of like got the straps of it over her arms so that she can kind of hug it. Like she's got it in front of her instead of not behind her. So she, she looks really uncomfortable with this whole situation. So I'm going to take from her enthusiasm that Val is going first. Oh, so totally. Okay. I'm going to need everybody to roll a quick free fall roll. What is the free fall skill attribute? It defaults to body. You can get plus two for the parachute helping you out. Oh, wow. Active salts are like five grand a rating. I don't know if you want to spend money on it like that. I mean... It's a lot for something you're never going to roll again. You know what? No. I'm going to buy it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love your commitment. I'm buying a rating, too. All hey. right, I feel slightly better with that. Okay, good. I imagine this. This is too good. <laughs> sure. So as you guys leap slash push slash forcibly remove from the plane... You guys are going to fall for a little while. Not terribly long, but then the chute will automatically open up because you guys are flowing kind of low. Valerie, with four successes, is going to land perfectly. Boss, with three successes, is going to land well. Richard, with two, is it's not going to be pretty. You're going to get a little scuffing on your suit, but it's nothing that won't come out. You didn't, like, fall and break your leg. Mary Sue, with a glitch and one success, is going to not have a great time. So as you guys are coming down... You're going to notice that there seems to be this big dark spot from where you're heading and near that there's a big thing that's got a bunch of lights on it and a little bit of lights outside of it. As you continue to glide down with your chutes open, you're going to see that it's a pretty sizable lake and a big kind of resort-ish building and then some grounds in between. And as you guys get closer and closer, you will see that Mary Sue just kind of drifts a little to the side, looking like she's going right into the water. The rest of you guys are going to land on the back lot out there. Is it a golf course? Yes, it is a golf course. You will see those of you that hit the ground and kind of pick yourselves up and fight with parachute stuff. You can see there's a small golf cart there with two people on it. You guys will probably hear Mary Sue hit the water. Can Mary Sue swim? Does she yell anything as she's going into the drink? Probably. She is screaming. And no, she does not have swimming. As soon as she lands and she's sort of like looking around. She's seeing the other people landing, and she sees Mary Sue over the lake. Um, she immediately starts pulling her chute off, and she starts running for the water. Do you actually have swimming? Uh, yeah, I think I've got a little swimming. You do have a little swimming. I'm assuming it's it's going to be relatively easy since it's a lake and not, like, the ocean. Yeah, um, no, this is like a man-made, fun little sort of vacation-y lake thing. She strips off the sex of clothing, like their jacket and stuff, and, like, leaves it on the... She doesn't say anything to anyone, doesn't yell anything. She just, like, jumps, dives into the water and starts swimming towards her. 
RC as he comes down, his lips are like already moving, you're like a cartoon character trying to. They're walking, wait, waiting in anticipation for the ground, and landing kind of awkwardly and scuffing his suit and boots up and like lands and cussing and hollering, and looks at Boz bolting towards uh, Mary Sue. How is Mary Sue handling her water excursion? She managed to get out of her parachute. She did get one hit on her free fall test, so yeah, she would be able to like hit the quick release or whatever to get out of that. Yeah, it's deployed. It just um, I mean, the wind caught or I misfired. There's something about elves not being aerodynamic enough that just drag her off course. I more meant that like once you get the water, like having a bunch of like lines are all around you tangled up and all that stuff. Well, oh, the to parachute is over her. You see her head bobbing in the water, but it's covered with the parachute, and she. <laughs> There's there's flailing. <laughs> you hear the splashing coming towards you, and the material starts to pull away from her head, and there's boss like floating, and she's soaking wet. Her hair's all sort of matted, and she gives you kind of a grin, and she says, I haven't had to swim in a while, and she uh, helps you. Now, Mary Sue's, um, yeah, hair's drenched, makeup's running, she's very unhappy, about to cry. This is, isn't what she wanted to be doing at all. How's Valerie feeling? Valerie's landed like she does in the game normally, and it was just like, oh, that was, what a rush. And is like packing up her parachute and pulling it in yeah. for her and kind of like looking around like, where's everybody else? Yeah, you, having bought the skill soft, you suddenly have the knowledge to, on how to do that. It's amazing. As Boss and Mary Sue get themselves out of the water, Richard sees his suit in a bit of disarray, and Valerie positively beaming. The little garf cart will drive over to you. You will see a lady step out from the passenger side. She's wearing more of a like a pantsuit and kind of walks over to you as she gets closer. You will see that she is an orc. She kind of just stands in front of you, waits for you guys to finish assembling yourselves. I think Boz and Mary are like literally like charging out of the water at this point. And like there's water streaming off of their clothing. Lots of sloshy sounds. Buzz sees the golf cart and sees the orc lady, and she just kind of, like, gives Mary Sue a pat on the back and says, you're up. So Mary Sue will take a deep breath and straighten out her clothing, push back her wet hair, clean up her face, and walk up to the female orc and say, I assume the contact that we are meeting. She'll give you the long up and down as you just drip, drip, drip. Yes, my counterpart said that I should expect some nighttime deliveries. You may call me Lady. Lady? And she'll kind of motion towards the lake. That's, that's it, Lady? <laughs> lady of the lake. Oh, wow. I love it. That's, you're clever. Can we just go on a little cold and stink like a lake? She'll give you a tusky smile and, uh, Motion towards the giant building that you guys can see now. We'll be waiting for you inside. Is there a golf cart for us to get all of our stuff and ourselves to the... Just look down at the golf cart to the young human guy who's there driving it. And look back to you guys. You're awfully wet. The two of you that stuck your landing may come. Straighten my suit and go. Look like wicked patriots and just uh, hop off court. See you guys later. Drive up. Val will kind of gather what bags she can and kind of nod toward Boz and Mary Sue and probably sitting on the back of the cart where normally the golf clubs would go. Boz notably gathers her things from where her parachute landed 
after she did stick her landing, but she doesn't say anything. She actually looks relatively chipper. I was offering to take your guys' stuff for you, so you're it. Yeah. No, oh, I see. I yeah, see. yeah. You could take my bags, yeah. Boz walks her bag over and hands it over. Mary Sue will uh, take off her one shoe that's remaining. Start walking. Yep. They'll kind of drive off, and then you guys will have a ten-minute or so walk to the building. It's funny, because this is probably a walk that is making Mary Sue extremely miserable. But Boz... This is a walk where Mary Sue is grumbling under her breath more gunning. <laughs> Plane jump. <laughs> you guys never negotiated you contracts and just Buzz, again. On the other hand, is despite the fact that she's so head to toe, she looks like she's totally fine with this situation. She's out. It's a nice night, you know. It's not too cold, at least not not by her standards. Natural environment around, and she she's sort of like watching Mary Sue grumble as they walk along. She doesn't poke fun, but if you look at her, you can see the sort of, like, I wouldn't call it smug, but, like, she's enjoying your reaction to this. As you guys are getting closer, pause, you will notice that you get this whiff of wet dog smell that kind of comes across your senses. As always, thank you guys for listening. You are the reason that we continue to to do this. Come by, check us out on Patreon. We have a couple of different goals on there, all of which is oriented towards growing the show and doing more things in that vein. You know, we want to get bigger and better and all of that happy stuff. I want to give back to the cast for helping out and sitting down to play this game. The Patreon link is going to be in the description. And uh, tell your friends. You know, that's the easiest way to to help us out without really doing anything super in-depth. You know, spread the word. And, you know, as much as I hate to drone on about it, there's those things about five-star iTunes reviews. So, but it is now time for the legal stuff. The music you heard was composed by and copyrighted by Michael Vadamikis and for use with the Without a Net podcast. The Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logos, artwork, marks, photograph, sounds, audio, video, and or any other proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to the Without a Net podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or other proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Without a Net podcast in any official capacity whatsoever.